This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Have a listen to this. Have a listen to this. Now, that kind of talk this week dragged Australia's share market to this a two-year the low. There are, of course, Stephen Bradbury of He was the big spender. Right. The big spender. Doing Mr. the grocery shopping could take a huge chunk out of the family budget. And that's finance. Welcome to Comedian vs. Economist. We demystify the world of money and help you get a handle on the bigger picture. My name's Adam, and as always, I'm joined by my older brother, and real-life economist, Thomas. Thomas, how are you going? Oh, good, thanks, Adam. Very happy to be here. Excellent. Uh, look, we're going to continue our introductory series, I suppose this is, to economics, Economics 101. Uh, we've talked about a lot of things so far in the podcast. If you, haven't, if you haven't been tuning in from the beginning, be sure to go back to episode one uh, where we pair it right back to the absolute basics and, and then start to get a bit more involved from there. But um, I'm actually excited about this episode today because we're talking about the Reserve Bank of Australia, the RBA, which um, the RBA seems to pop up everywhere, seems to pop up whenever you, you see anything about money or economics on the news. Um, and other than being a bank that wasn't good enough to play first grade, what is the Reserve Bank, Thomas? Uh, it's a classic gag. Uh, so the RBA is the Australia's central bank. So all governments, all nations have a central bank and it's sort of like the, it's the government, government bank. It controls the government money. It also controls all the money in the financial system. Right. And why is it called the Reserve Bank? Is it like, is that where our cash reserves are? Is that the, is that uh, where the name yeah. comes from? Yeah. It's all coming together now. <laughs> yep. I've been reading, Thomas. I've been reading. <laughs> So, so we've got the Reserve Bank, and you said it's it's the government. The government owns a Reserve Bank. That, that's that's the go, that's the government's money. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's, it's not true. That was a trick question. <laughs> I, I was also reading. It's an independent bank. It's not owned by the government. Uh, no, no. It, it has statutory independence. Um, so it's it's. Uh, yeah. I thought I got you. I thought it was a yeah. real singer. <laughs> thing. Uh, yeah, no, it has statutory independence. So the government appoints the RBA governor and the key people in the RBA. Um, but once the RBA is up and running, then it's independent from the government and the government can't, ha- can't control or influence the RBA's decisions. Right. So the, so the politicians can't kind of manipulate the RBA in any way. They're completely independent. They're- yeah. So there was an idea. It wasn't always that way, but there were... There, that idea has sort of taken off over the last 30 odd years or so. And now pretty much every central bank around the world is independent. But the idea was that it used to get problematic because politicians would manage the manage interest rates with the short term political cycle in mind. So they would try and cut rates just before the election to give themselves a boost. And right. um, 
that sort of thing. So it was decided that it was much a much better system to take the politicians out of it. Yeah, very good. Now fix fix the bank. Don't fix politics. Politics is fine. <laughs> Just. <laughs> And so, all right, so what does it do? What does the Reserve Bank do? Well, effectively, you can think of the Reserve Bank doing two things. One, it controls the amount of money in the system. And two, it controls the price of money in the system. The price of money being interest rates. Being interest rates, that's right. Okay. So it controls the amount of money. So the, the amount of money, normally we don't focus too much on this um, because we're talking about literally how the printing presses. And so the RBA, you know, has a has a mint where it, where it produces the money, the physical money that we use. Um, but more importantly than that, it also controls the amount of digital money in the economy. It can... Um, Bitcoin stuff. <laughs> no, not Bitcoin, no. No, actual, actual currency. <laughs> right. actual, actual money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just throwing some FUD out there. Yeah. <laughs> You're not a fan of Bitcoin, eh? I'm not a fan, no. Yeah. No. No, I'm an economist. <laughs> Make of that what you will. Yeah. Personally, I'm all in Bitcoin. <laughs> um, so they, 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 you said they print the money. They, like they, they're the mint as well, are they? Yeah. So presumably then they retire money too. Why haven't they got rid of the five cent coin? Uh, it'll probably happen at some point. I mean, they got rid of ones and twos not that long ago. That's a long time ago. What is that, like 20 years ago, 30 years ago? Oh, well, ones and twos? Feels like yesterday. We, we had them as like, they were in, in the garden as kids, I remember. And even then they weren't worth picking out. Yeah. Five yeah. cents, though. I don't even think vending machines take five cents. Most no. vending machines don't even take cash. Five cents. Yeah, right. Even no. my, kids, my kids wouldn't even wouldn't have no, no idea what to do with five cents. Yeah. yeah, it's probably not long. I feel like we might have lost some people who tuned in to hear about the RBA. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so it's um, so it's government government money. They're controlling how much money is in the system. And, and they're controlling the price of money. So I guess, first of all, how do they control? Mm. You said that they can print money. That's how, how they can put more money into the system. Can they take money out of the system? Is there a mechanism to do that? Yep, yep, definitely, definitely. It all, I mean, it all just exists on a computer ledger somewhere and that can be created or destroyed when it comes back into the, into the RBA's coffers. Right. So the RBA can literally has the power to just print money that it can then give to a bank or to the government right and we can't access the money obviously so we have to go through a retail like because obviously the rba killer rates if you're looking for a home loan (laughs) 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 but we obviously can't access those rates you know and because it's hard to find an office (laughs) (laughs) i've tried calling the rba to speak to a broker they just don't (laughs) Can I speak to one of your home loan managers, please? Right. So, so that's what they do. The, the, the RBA lend money to who? Just to the banks, to the government? Like, mm. I think that's probably the only two places that they're, they're operating. The government and the banks? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's easy. This seems, this seems too easy. Yeah. It's, it's not a complex system ultimately, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the, yeah, I mean, it, it depends how much detail you want to go into it, but it's, it's reasonably straightforward. So they control the amount of money and the price of money. The amount of money, normally they just set that growing. This sort of comes back to our conversation last week about annual growth rates. They typically in the past just sort of set a broad trajectory of money, the, the money supply to expand at about 2% a year or something like that. 
And that's sort of a hands-off process. They're not actively trying to manage the amount of money in the economy. That all changed with COVID. So we're now in, like most countries in the in the world, we're in a sort of a quantitative easing era. So quantitative easing was once interest rates hit hit their floor and they couldn't make the price of money cheaper, any mm. cheaper than it was, they then went over to the amount of money and said, okay, well, we can increase the amount of money in the economy. Um, and that has a stimulatory effect. So the more money flowing around, the more things get spent, more pe- money people have, the cheaper interest rates get. It, that sort of revs the economy up. And how do they put the money in there? Like how do they inject the money? So they print this money. Mm. I mean, they can't just give it to, oh, I didn't get any. <laughs> I don't know about you. Um, they can't just give it to people. Well, they, presumably they can't just give it to, can they give it to the government? Do they just say, here, here, Josh Soidberg, you can spend, you know, Frydenberg. some yep. Frydenberg. <laughs> It'll never stick. Uh, you can just you can just buy some infrastructure or build some roads or whatever. So how do they give it to the government? Uh, they buy government bonds, and they buy government bonds either directly from the government or they buy it from from the banks. So the so the government issues a bond and says we want a hundred million dollars, and we're issuing a bond. That, you know, we'll take a hundred million dollars and we'll pay back this much at this rate. What, or hang, what is a just go back a step. So what's a bond? Like it's a it's a it's where you where you borrow money from someone and with a promise to pay them back at a particular point plus interest. Right. Okay. And so so that's so that's a debt. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so the RBA buys the debt from the government. Yeah. 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 That's right. That's right. Yeah, so the RBA prints money, presses a button on a computer, boing, yeah. they've got lots of money. <laughs> does it make that sound? <laughs> it does. I love it. <laughs> I've, boing. I'm so hope it does. I used to work at the Reserve Bank and it was happy days you hear the right. boing. Yeah. Go off. Hey. <laughs> That's the good times. Good That's times. the good times sound. <laughs> boing. <laughs> like when you're at a bar and someone rings, dings the bell. Everyone's like, hey. <laughs> so you did, work at the, you did work at the RBA. That was a while ago now, wasn't it? What was that, like 20 years ago? Uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. Probably started in, yeah, t- about 20 years ago. Right. Yeah. What, what was it like? Uh, yeah, it was good. It's a, it, was a great, it was a good place to work. It was full of economists, so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, it's not for everyone. <laughs> I think we might have def- diff- just different definitions of good place to work, that's all, but, you yeah. know, whatever's what's good for you. No, I mean, it, it was great. There was a lot, like, there's... I have a lot, I have a huge respect for the the institution and what I saw as like the intellectual integrity of the people working there. That like I felt there was a genuine quest for truth and um, doing the best thing possible right. for for the Australian people. And yeah, I felt like that was sort of in the management. I think you know I think generally people felt it was a real honor to work there because you know everyone's really interested in what's going on in the RBA the decisions that you make collectively have a real impact on the economy um and yeah people take that really seriously yeah so right so so okay good so back to the back to what they do so so they buy the they buy the debt from the government the government um takes the money and then they might they might issue stimulus um, to people through stimul- the stimulus packages or whatever, 
uh, or they might buy things. So, yeah, so the government, so the, the train goes, the RBA prints the money, boing. Um, with that money, they buy government debt, they buy government bonds. The government now has money. The government then can spend that money. It pays the people building the roads. Those people then have money, and from there it's into the economy. Yeah, and so with, you know, we're still in COVID times, um, job keeper, job seeker, is all that stuff kind of funded through that process? Did, they, did the government... Um, did they have to go to the uh, like they had to sell a bunch of bonds to kind of I don't know like a little like like a sports club fundraiser <laughs> That's right. type situation. I oh, know Zoeberg's coming around again. He's got the meat tray. <laughs> yeah, it's a, very, it's a very interesting thing. So the. I mean, the, the, the funny thing with it, this is sort of where we're getting into sort of modern monetary theory. And we should probably do a show on this, actually, because it's very interesting times. This is, this is where the real paradigm shift in economics is right now. Mm. But, yeah, so basically the RBA is printing money. It's buying government bonds. Those, those uh, bonds then become an asset that the RBA is holding. The RBA can hang on to those or it can sell them back into the market. Um, but if it hangs on to them, then it collects you know, the interest payments from the government yep. and it's made a profit. So it's printed money, it's bought a bond, the bond has a return and they've made money. So the obvious question, the obvious question, given that it's an independent entity, can I invest in the RBA? <laughs> <laughs> they, seem, they seem like they're on a very good wicket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, you would, you'd be, you'd make a cracker. Well, but that's the thing is though that the RBA is owned by the government. Mm. So you see what, see what's going on there. That the RBA is printing money, buying mm. government bonds. The profit that the RBA makes mm. is then returned to the government as a dividend. Nice. So the government's mm. invested in the RBA. Hmm. Yep. In a way, that's their. Yep. That's their core portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> So effectively, do you see what's happened there? But effectively, the, the government has got that money for free. So it sold, you know, last time I looked, it was something like $70 billion in bonds. Mm. Um, and it's paid interest to the RBA if it, you know, that's mature. It pays interest to the RBA. The RBA takes that money. It becomes profit. It then returns the profit to the government. So the government pays the RBA. The RBA just then hands it back to the government and we're all good. We're all good. That's, it seems too good to be true. Um, yeah. It's, it? it's, I mean, I guess that's the, that's the modern monetary theory billion-dollar question. Let's flag that for our listeners and mm. maybe another, another show. All right, cool. So I reckon that's probably enough talk about the amount of money in the system, the quantity of money, and we can get on to quantitative easing and uh, – modern monetary theory another time perhaps so we're going to take a short break here get a quick word from our sponsor and then we're going to come back and talk about the price of money hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. All right, welcome back. We're talking RBA. We're talking what do they do? Why do they matter? 
Thomas, we've talked about the RBA and how they can control how much money is in the system, the quantity of money, um, but they also control the price of money or the interest rates. And so as of recording right now, the interest rates, the RBA set, which is what do they call it? The cash rate, the base rate. Cash rate, yep. Cash rate where it was at 0.25 not long ago and they said, that's it, lowest it'll ever go. Uh, it's not going any lower. We just physically cannot take it any lower. Take it from me, take it as written. That's it, no more. And then what happened? <laughs> A month later, by the way, just news just in, it's going lower. <laughs> so what's going on? Yeah, over the last sort of 20 odd years or so, we've controlled the economy by controlling the price of money, by controlling interest rates. And basically the idea is that when you want the economy to run a little hotter, when you want to stimulate things, get it going along, you cut interest rates, bring interest rates down. That makes you know home loans cheaper, puts more money in people's pockets, makes it easier to borrow, to invest. Um, and that gets the economy up and going. If it's getting too hot and things are running too fast, then you raise interest rates and that puts a bit of a break on things. And that's, that's sort of the interest rate mechanism. And that sort of was typically the, what the, the that was the primary tool that, RB, that the RBA and all central banks had until they went to yep. hit the floor until they went to 0.25 right. and then 0.1. So, yeah. Can they so go probably, lower then? Like, is it are mm. we are we headed to negative territory? Um, it's probably not likely. Things tend to get a bit weird in negative territory. There's a few, few things that start, you know, start peeking out. <laughs> you know, you're supposed to be explaining this, right? Technical. I don't know that. I don't know that a few things that are, that start peeking out is. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no, they, they do. They get they get a bit weird because all the finan- all the incentives in the financial system get thrown into reverse, mm. and the system's just not meant to flow that way. Yeah, fair enough. You're not meant to be able to go to a bank and for them to pay you to take you take give you to take money from from them. But that's <laughs> not meant to happen. You can't get, barely get through the sentence. Um, yeah, just right. Like my head's your just head's like, like oh. I can see it. Like it's happening. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I can't even. I, to me, I can't even kind of comprehend that notion that. I could borrow money. I could hold money for someone effectively and they would pay me to kind of hold their money. It kind of flips the whole thing on its head where now I'm the bank. Mm, mm. Who's the bank now? <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, so so they've got interest rates moving up and down to, to control. So the- just, just on that, so economy-wide negative interest rates are unlikely. Right. That's probably not going to happen. But you could see... Um, Sort of negative interest rate, not exactly negative interest rates, but the 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 RBA has set now set up. This is sort of like we're sort of talking about particularly what's going on in COVID times. Mm. But the, the RBA has set up something called the Term Funding Facility, the TFF, um, and that's a specific facility that lends money to the banks at sort of fixed interest rates. Right. That enables the banks to take that money and lend to the mortgage market. And the and that's set right now at zero point one percent. So the big banks have stopped taking money from the market like they used to do. They used to borrow offshore, or they used to raise money from deposits. They've st- or, or they they would issue bonds. They've stopped doing that, and then they're now taking money from the RBA at zero point one percent. So the cost of capital for the banks mm. has gone to zero point one percent for their 
for their um, for fixed rates, which they're then able to pass on to consumers, which is why you've now got mortgage rates for fixed mortgages mm. at one point nine nine percent, below two percent, we've never seen before. Yeah, fair enough. Now it is theoretically possible if the RBA wanted to that the RBA could term that term funding facility rate negative. So it could, if it wanted to, pay banks to take money from the RBA to lend to consumers. That's theoretically possible. Right, and that might make sense. Like if, if, the, if the motivation of the RBA was to stimulate the economy, then they might say, well, in order to do that, we're going to try and do that through lowering interest rates, knowing that they're effectively saying we're going to take a hit ourselves, but we're going to give the money to the banks um, just so that we can keep people borrowing and and keep lend the banks can keep lending. Yeah, exactly. And the RBA is not taking a hit. Remember, they're just printing money. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Boing. Boing. That's right. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah. so why, from an RBA perspective, interest rates become a bit of a moot point, don't they? Like, if if they just go, well, we can pay people to do whatever we want, and we can pay them as much as we want because we can print as much money as we want. Yeah, it's 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 not without consequences, and we should we'll get into that in the episode when we start talking about MMT. Mm. It's not without consequences. The the question becomes: Are you willing to to deal with those consequences? Mm. All right, and we, we we'll go into that. Probably the only other thing that's really worth stressing with the RBA is that the RBA's mandate is for um, stability of the currency, stability, stable prices, and full employment and the welfare of Australians. Right, like that's what they're, that's what they're statutorily set out to do. But in practice, what they do is target inflation. So there was an idea that um, the best thing that central banks could do is not worry about employment or GDP too much, but focus on inflation and become inflation targeting. And so we've really been targeting inflation. The the key to to that decision we were talking about before about whether the economy is running too hot or you want to give it a bit of a boost, the key measure for that is inflation. And so the RBA has a target inflation band. They want to keep inflation between 2 and 3%. And if they think it's going to be higher than 3%, that's a justification or a trigger to raise interest rates. If it's below 2%, then that's a trigger to cut interest rates. Hmm. Um. And it's why, it's why we're so interested or why the financial papers are so interested in inflation because if inflation's looking like it's picking up, it means potentially that the RBA is going to start raising rates. So that's definitely an indicator you'd want to be, you'd want to be watching. Absolutely, yeah. If, if inflation's picking up, then you might, I don't know, you know, it's not, not, not advice, of course, but you might consider fixing or something like that because you say, well, you know, that's a, a, a sure, for, uh, you know, an indicator that rates are about to go up might be a good time to fix. For example, I mean, it's also the case that, that typically lower, lower interest rates increase asset prices because if you're borrowing to buy assets, um, like house prices are a classic example. You know, there's one study that says that house prices, 81% of house price movements are, are determined by interest rates. Mm. Almost nothing else matters. Because the cheaper, the cheaper it is to get a hold of money, the more you can pay for a property, so property prices go up. But it's the same true. It's the same is true for for any asset asset class, and shares and shares are no exception. So you know, for, if interest rates are falling, that's a positive for for share prices. But if in, inflation is going up and then interest rates follow, then that might be a negative for share prices. But yeah, okay. But so uh, we'll need to wrap this up in a second. But 
during COVID time. So we saw interest rates falling, right? But also they were saying that house prices were going to fall as well. So it was that a reaction to like the interest rates falling? Was it the RBA saying we're going to keep dropping rates to try and keep house prices up? Or was that just some weird sort of COVID thing where we saw house prices and interest rates falling at the same time? Um, I mean, house prices at the time we're talking now mm. have look, have stopped falling and looks like we've barely, have barely fallen 5% in most capitals. Right. So we've, we really haven't seen any much, much downside in prices and nothing like people were fearing. No, because I heard and there was 20% at one point, 20, 30%. Yeah. yeah, some people were talking about that. Mm. You know, and it didn't happen. But falling interest rates are one of the key factors. And, and since COVID started, interest rates are like, have uh, half of what they were pre-COVID if you include the pivot to fixed interest rates because there's a big gap between variable and fixed interest rates because of this term funding facility story. Ah, that makes a lot of sense because I was wondering about that Like, because the fixed rate seemed to be can, to keep dropping but the variable wasn't wasn't tracking yeah. the same thing. So, right, so that's the, the TFF. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But just what you're saying there about was the RBA dropping interest rates to get house prices to go up? Mm. So as I was saying there, the, the RBA has got no mandate to, to do that. And in, in, in many ways, they've got to not care about house prices at, at all unless house prices influence the outlook for inflation because the RBA is an inflation-targeting bank. And so its central mandate is to care about what the outlook for inflation is. If house prices are going up or down, unless that's going to influence inflation, the RBA sort of says, it's not our problem, we don't care. But didn't you, you said before their mandate was not just inflation, it was about uh, the welfare of the people and something else, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. That, that's officially what it is. Right. But <laughs> there's, an, there's an accord um, that says they should, they should be an inflation-targeting central bank. Right, okay. That's just their, that's just their slogan. Mm. It's like a motto. <laughs> yeah. Just, RBA, we care about you. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, don't really. Just, just, want, just inflation. We're all about inflation over here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, that's, that feels like a good time to wrap it up. So, um, so in summary, the RBA um, they they control the quantity of the money in the market, and they control the price of the money in the market, and you know. All they care about and is, all they, is inf- inflation. And all they care about is inflation, despite what they say. <laughs> all right nice one all right, well, yeah. i reckon that does us for this week uh thanks again for tuning in we really appreciate your support uh we of course love to hear from you if you've got any questions for thomas or questions for me uh email us at cve at equitymates.com and make sure you give us a rating and leave a review wherever you get your podcast and we look forward to speaking to you again next time take it easy this podcast proudly brought to you by Equitymates media Always remember, all information contained in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional, financial, legal or tax advice. The hosts of Equity Mates are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. For more information, head to our disclaimer page where you can find resources to search for a registered financial professional near you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, 
Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.